Welcome in to another edition of Inside Carolina's On The Beat Live. I'm Tommy Ashley. That is Inside Carolina beat writer Adam Smith. That is producer John Bowman. Ross Martin has um, gone to the other side of the world to connect with himself and have the trip of a lifetime before heading off to Michigan. So at the very moment we speak, Adam Smith is the only inside Carolina beat writer on staff at this very moment. Adam, tell us why that is soon to change. Gosh, it sounds daunting, doesn't it? It is. It's, It's all on you, brother. What's it? Uh, what are they? What's the saying? You know, the last one out, last one left, turn out the lights on the way out, or whatever. That was uh, Smith Center a couple weeks by, ago. By the way, I mean, we all love Ross. Obviously, I love the guy. How about this? The, he goes to the Masters for the first time, and the first day he's on the grounds, those trees fall and nearly killed seventeen people, or whatever it is. Yeah, I was worried it was one of one of the people was Ross. I was worried for his safety there for a little bit. You can imagine what his excitement level would be just in that whole scene, uh, it, as long as no one's hurt, just like mm-hmm. the bugging out of the eyes that would be going on and him scrambling to really get to the bottom of what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, live tweeting, live tweeting from all sides. I think he was probably in one of the uh, food stations. <laughs> Judging from the tweet, I saw the man tried everything on, on site. You knew it was coming. And you know he had to ha- – you know, they take your phone. So, like, can you imagine – you know, like he's – you know, he was probably fiending to get that phone back uh, to fire off some tweets. But yeah, I mean, Tommy, like like you were saying, we're uh, we're a little man down right now, but that's not going to be for long, uh, as I'm sure people have seen on the message boards and on social media that uh, Jeremiah Holloway, former Daily Tar Heel uh, sports editor, um, a young guy with that's that's really going places is going to be coming on board here shortly. He's going to be going to the spring game with us on Saturday. Um, sort of getting his feet wet where I'm, I'm getting up with him tomorrow in Chapel Hill. Um, so, uh, really looking forward to that. I think that he's going to be great. And, um, you know, you know, the way I, I see moves kind of like the UNC basketball staff, you know, behind the scenes a little bit, they were ready to go. Um, higher ups i mean with with getting jeremiah on board so he'll i guess he'll be joining us next week how, how long do these shows run tommy do we have is there an um i mean we can do a couple more uh, we don't have to yeah. do weekly during the summer of course but we should do one su- su- subscriber special that was fun last year when you bring yeah we, yeah we need to do that so let, let's plan on trying to do one next week with jeremiah on board and then maybe one after that to sort of do the subscriber special like John talked about, and then we'll get out of here and, and go on siesta for, I guess, probably until camp opens or close to it or ACC kickoff for football, and then we'll, we'll get back rolling to them. But, yeah, uh, Adam, to your point, Jeremiah comes from the state, um, not state, the state, um, but the wrong state, South Carolina, covered <laughs> South Carolina Gamecocks, specifically South Carolina women's basketball, so he certainly knows – Mm-hmm. Um, the ropes when you're covering a high-level program as the Gamecocks were and have been for a while, but he comes back to Chapel Hill. Um, you know, it, it's pretty awesome. I, I spoke to some of the DTH people yesterday when I was in Chapel Hill, and you were there when we covered Mac, Adam. 
um, they all spoke so highly of the guy. And, and so I really look forward to bringing in some fresh new blood and a new perspective because admittedly, and Adam, I don't know, I'm older than you, but admittedly, you sort of get cynical when you get older about everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, you start right. yelling at clouds and stuff. And right, uh, it you, does. Uh, when you get done mowing the yard and your back hurts for some reason, uh, yeah, right. No, and it's it's it's. I think one of the things that makes Inside Carolina so special is the teamwork aspect of it all. And I think that um, I think he's going to be great for many number of reasons and yes he will lower the the median age uh will um will get a little younger with having jeremiah on board but i was going to say uh when you're talking about how many more we might do you know i'm always available for a story time podcast um i mean we could go no holds barred on you know how many times i've seen chris paul hit a guy in the nuts uh more than just julius hodge um, we, there's a lot of different, you know, we were sort of tiptoeing toward that with Greg Barnes one night, him and I, we sort of have that whenever he and I start talking, the stories start flowing. So if we need to do a story time, special summer edition, uh, turn back the clock podcast, I'm available to tell things that haven't been, that haven't seen the light of day in print before. So plus we yeah. have the transfer portal. Who knows when that'll oh my be gosh. taken care of. They'll be moving and shaking with the stuff in, until the summer for that. Plus, Tommy, we have your new podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about that today? It came out for the first time. Yeah, so Don Callahan and I um, will be doing the Scoop or a version of the Scoop podcast live every Wednesday at noon. And we'll do those through the summer because, as everybody knows, uh, summertime is pretty heated for football recruiting. So Don and I um, broke the seal today at noon and, and went for an hour talking about it as much as – as we could handle there. And it's going to be fun. Of course, Ross and Don had the scoop for a long, good while we've taken over. Um, it's going to be interesting, right? Cause <laughs> you know, I, very different personalities. Don wanted to get more in the weeds and in the behind the scenes and deeper into the, to the recruiting side of things. So we'll do it. And I got to do this. Uh, this goes for everybody on this show. You get a, a, a exclusive Inside Carolina hat, Richardson hat. If you can give me a name of the show for Wednesdays at noon that we use, I will personally give it to you. I'll even autograph it if you want me to ruin it before I <laughs> hand it to you. But it, it'll be a fun time. That'll go. Um, of course, we'll do emergency podcasts, whether they're commitments in the portal, um, whether anybody else transfers. And Lord, like Max said yesterday, Adam heard him, the portal opens for football Saturday. I was going to ask you guys about that. Like, I mean, um, I sort of felt like, I don't know how y'all, you heard it, Tommy, but I sort of felt like he was almost bracing, you know, for, uh, he he did say, I I know we heard him say, uh, it doesn't feel like it did in January when they lost a few guys. Um, But the way he said it almost felt like he was sort of bracing for who knows what. Like he said, five guys could come in after the spring game on Saturday and say, I'm out of here. Um, I mean, I guess that's just, that's just the unknown of all this. I don't know how you heard that. Tommy. I heard it, you know, I heard it the same way. And then you look across town or over to Raleigh and Ben Finley transfers right after the spring. Right then, I think, right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He packed this stuff after the game and said, I'm out of there, but it it is a, you know, Adam, and we can discuss this and I think it's relevant. 
I think we're going to see some, and I think specifically we may see some in the running back room um, because I just, you know, in fairness to players, there is a short window when you can play. I've said this before, and these guys want to play. And unfortunately, you know, we all went to Carolina. We did, you know, did that. We're all part of the Carolina fabric and all that kind of stuff um, when you go way back in the history books. But it doesn't mean as much um, to an athlete that wants to play. And, and I don't blame them at all. So we'll see, though. Uh, Mac is a master of um, – you know, selling the school, selling the program and selling everything and selling opportunity. So we'll see what happens. It would not surprise me at all to see virtually anybody transfer except Drake. Drake's not going anywhere. Could, <laughs> no. could someone opt out of the spring game oh to enter God. the transfer portal? Oh, Lord. Similar to how people opt out of bowl games. Uh, no, it, I'm, I'm joking. No, it's a good I, question. <laughs> I, mean... I, I do think there are some players on, on the roster both in the, the winter transfer portal and, and this spring then that will just open up where it does make sense for both parties uh, to enter the transfer portal. I think there's been some talk uh, this spring about DJ Jones and his position change. Uh, DJ Jones is a very solid running back. Um, I think he is a, a great athlete, but it sounds like the coaching staff has communicated that maybe he's not the best safety or understandably it's taking him some time to learn the safety position. So I think that is an example of where the transfer portal is mutually beneficial because it's also probably better for UNC to go out and get someone who has experience playing safety um, versus, you know, DJ Jones trying to learn the position. So I'm not predicting anything. Obviously DJ Jones, you know, may end up staying at, UNC and who knows he could become the next Elijah Green and he could you know catch fire next fall playing that position but yeah I'm of the same mind I expect to see some names in the portal when it opens this Saturday yeah and when you look at it you know Mac Hollins of course he ended up playing some receiver at Carolina and made a good living in the NFL but he was straight special teams early in his career and he was captain of all of them you know, and he was as vital, as valuable as just about anybody on those teams in that role. And then we saw how valuable he got um, when he was a receiver and then got hurt. It'll be interesting to see if a guy like Jones um, makes that impact, stays and makes that impact. You know, you mentioned safeties in the portal, and unless something's changed, Antavius Lane comes from Georgia State in June, and he's a safety, and that'll be the final transfer in. Um, assuming that is all in the works. I haven't heard otherwise. Um, but, you, you know, it's just somebody put in there, Sean Crawley. I mean, man, he's on Inside Carolina's live podcast more than I am. But Sean says the portal makes your head spin. And he's absolutely right. It, it is fascinating how these coaches navigate it. Um, but to Max credit, and, and quite frankly, Adam, you can back me up here if you know, um, if you agree or not. But I've not heard one other coach speak the way Mac does of if somebody doesn't want to be here, they need to go, but we're going to help them go and get another thing. Because I know plenty of coaches that will say, if you don't want to be here, there's a door. And while Mac may say that virtually, it, he, they make sure the guys are looked after when they leave there. And I just think that is – that's maybe a little different in Carolina – 
or in North Carolina, maybe then from some other places. What do you think, Adam? Well, yes. And also by the same token, I think that I think that Mac just made a decision um, here in Mac 2.0 of how he was going to be in that way, sort of the kinder, gentler Mac Brown. You know, he's tr- sort of treated COVID the same way. You know, remember how weird the 2021 season was or, or the 2020 season. I'm sorry. Uh, the 2020 season was. Um, and he said, you know, that, you know, he said it repeatedly, you know, like, you know, we've told players, we've told coaches that if you just don't feel comfortable, it's fine. You know, you're not going to face any sort of penalty. Um, you don't have to be here for right now. You can take a, a mental health break. And it's, he's sort of been the way with the transfer portal. And I think to what you were saying, I think they have also made a point of not trying not to BS anyone, not saying there's the door you can get out, like you were saying, but also trying to be honest. Like, it sounds like he just doesn't want to, you know, BS anyone at this point in his life as a grandfather and a Hall of Famer and a national champion. Um, so, by the way, just, you know, you mentioned Sean Crowley. I saw he had another great comment in the comments here about two scoops. That could be a great – I don't know if you guys can find that one. That could be a great – you give him a little royalty on that. Um, yeah. I two love- scoops to Tommy and Donnie. That's it- – you know, it would have That's been cool good. if we'd done it Tuesdays. It could have been two scoop Tuesdays. I don't know. I'm gonna get Double my head spinning. There you go. Double dip Wednesday. But we should probably say, but you know, along these lines, and I I hey, I hear you, the people in the comments talking about George Petaway. He seems yeah, I don't know. I have no intel on that, but it just seems like he would be one to watch. Um but it, it, I was going to say, let's point out that it doesn't seem like George Petaway will play a Saturday in the spring game. I, I, he may, but I think he's been out for, what was it, 10, 10 to 14 days with a sprained ankle? And yeah. it also sounds like Bryson Nesbitt, at tight end, is out with like a strained hamstring. That's not serious, but it doesn't sound like he would be a guy they would put out there uh, on Saturday. So those are sort of two big names. But, yeah, I mean, you know – the portal reopens and you sort of uh, hold on tight. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's how you put it. The thing about, you know, Petaway and I think another guy in that running back room is Caleb Hood. I mean, he's yeah. obviously really good when he's healthy. But Max said it. And Max said, you got to be healthy to play. And if, if you're not healthy, I remember it was Chiswick. Back in the day, and Greg Barnes and I still laugh about it when he was talking about Mikey Bart at defensive line. He said he's available because everybody else was hurt. And everybody then, you know, it goes from there to the best of ability is availability. Well, when you've got – and this is not just a running back room. This is virtually any room on the team. When you've got guys that are healthy that are performing and you're stuck on the sidelines hurt to no fault of your own, assuming that, um, it, there's not a possibility of playing, um, and it just might hurt a little bit. You know, the team's got to move forward. And, and so it's going to be interesting. Like you said, um, Saturday, it, across the country, but Saturday is just going to be nuts when you start seeing this stuff cycle up again. We've seen it in January. We've seen it in basketball. is just ridiculous. Um, you know, I, I've seen in women's basketball some of the best players in the country. They're transferring oh, to go somewhere else. I mean, it's just nuts. So, you can uh, make a Final Four team with uh, some of the some of the ladies in the transfer. You know, I hadn't thought about it until just now as I'm listening to you, Tommy. You took me to a strange mental place, I think, where 
I was thinking about sort of the way that the you hear Caleb Hood talked about with his sort of being injury prone. I feel like it's some ways that the way, way they looked at Puff Johnson with the basketball team. Um, you know, there were moments where Hubert, sometimes you really have to listen hard to get uh, something out of Hubert, but I feel like there were moments where Hubert sort of said, you know, this guy's always hurt. Um, it's not like they dislike Puff Johnson. People love Puff Johnson, but um, I think there's some similarities there to the injury-prone nature of of Caleb Hood and, and Puff Johnson. That just is a, a comparison that came to my mind right as I'm listening to you say these beautiful words. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I agree. It, it is a very similar situation there. You, you just – some guys get hurt. Some guys don't play hurt. Some guys stay hurt. It, it's just part of it. And when you have 100, however many people on a team, like the football teams do, you're going to have at least one or two or three of those guys. You hope it's not one of your best players and best performers, but sometimes it is. Go ahead, John. Sorry. I do want to get a few of these questions in, so make sure to type your question in the chat pod. But before I get to that, I did want to make a point about the transfer portal. I think Mac Brown and the staff have done a really good job this offseason with the quality of the players they've brought into the program. I think they have done a really good job of filling gaps within the roster, filling holes, bringing in guys who are high character, who have been you know, well-received by their teammates. I think Tez Walker is someone who got a little bit of shine this week in, in the press conference circuit. I think he is going to be a critical piece for this offense. You know, this point has been made before, but you know, well, after UNC lost Diami Brown and, and Daz Newsom in that offseason, I believe it was the, the 2020 season heading into 2021, there was a, a dearth of skill position players. And UNC maybe didn't recruit uh, guys from the transfer portal at that point. Mac learned his lesson this time. He looks like he's found some really good options there at, at the skill positions. Um, you know, I think Willie Lampkin is another great example of a really quality player to bring in. So that's been one of my big takeaways from the spring is just kudos to the staff for who they've brought in. I'll let you all maybe react to that, and then we'll get one question in. They love Go ahead, Willie Adam. Lampkin. <laughs> you know, they, they, love Willie, they love Willie Lampkin. I mean, I, I don't know that he's going to be – uh, Tony Buscelli or Anthony Munoz, <laughs> but uh, that uh, you know, or Orlando Pace. I'm trying to make it more current. Uh, I'm dating myself, but they love Willie Lampkin, and I think that's a good point, John. I mean, hey, it's April. Maybe I've been listening to Mac too long, but I think there's a lot to be excited about for UNC football this coming season. Now, I could that could fall. I could <laughs> fall on my face with that uh, whenever it is September second or whenever they play. Uh, the Gamecocks in Charlotte, but um, yeah, I mean, I think that I think the the two receivers, I think Tez Walker is set up for a big year. I think Nate McCollum is going to be good to plug in the slot with Kobe Pesor. Uh, I think they feel, you know, these guys are like, you know, ready made to plug in and play. Um, I think there's a lot of hope for Amari Gaynor at Jack. Um, you know, we've talked, I'm sure our listeners and readers have heard, Gene Shizik talk about how closely he how how what did he say, Tommy? He's on my hip, uh, pretty much every practice. Uh, Gene Shizik with with Amari Gainer is Gainer's trying to learn the jack position, a place he's never played before, but he seems very well suited. Um, and I think those guys in the back end, Elijah Huzzy and Derek Allen, I mean, you know, I think I, you know, Armani Chapman was a multiple year starter at Virginia Tech, um, but. 
yeah, I think they've addressed a lot of needs. And, um, you know, I, I know Mac always wins the off season. <laughs> and maybe, yeah. maybe I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. And well, uh, <laughs> I don't know if they're going to go 12-0 and 0 or not. But I, I, I feel like there's a lot to, to look forward to uh, about the UNC football season. I, I think – Unless we, to your point, Adam, are just soaking it up like we do every offseason. Right. I think I, I think the transfers specifically will be some of the best players on the team in the fall. I, I think Tez Walker, if he stays healthy, will be all ACC or close to it. I mean. He looks good. He, he is good. He is big. He is fast. And um, – you know, Mac mentioned he he had some questions about his hands when he was at Kent State, and he's making some guys look bad over there at Kenan Football at, at, <laughs> at the uh, Coleman Center or whatever the name of the uh, indoor facility and the practice fields are. He's going to be really good, and I think Nate McCollum um, is going to do a lot, not only as a receiver but as a return guy. Mm-hmm. And it, but if they stay healthy. And I'll include Lampkin in it because Lampkin's got something that a few of these guys don't. And that's, y'all know how I am, the dog in him. I mean, the dude looks like, you mentioned Baselli and Munoz. He looked like he could ride on their backs, like on a, in a backpack. Yeah. He's that much smaller when you look at him compared to, you know, Montalus or some of these guys. And he's out there whipping guys. He's so and, compact, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, it's like – he is the guy that you stay away from in the fight, right? He's the guy that you say, I'm not getting near that guy because I don't want him to get me on the ground. Um, I can take the big guy, the little guy with the fight in him. He, he's going to be good. I think he's going to play. And if he doesn't, then he's going to force these other guys to be better. Armani Chapman, another guy, though. He's been hurt, right? Yes. So he needs to step up when he gets healthy, and we'll see what happens. But I think overall – I know Jason Staples' opinion on Huzzy is is way up there, but I think oh, all of them. Roof. Yeah, and Huzzy looks the part. And so you're right. Mac wins the offseason. He does it every year. Slagle said 12-0, and 0, Tommy. Yeah. I, I could get there. You know, South Carolina, <laughs> it's, it's going to be like South Carolina, what was it, uh, 15, where they lost the first one and then went on a run. We'll see what happens. But. Yeah. Let me get this question in, too. This is from, from Slagle. Any sense to whether Carolina will actively look to add more players from the portal once it opens Saturday? Adam, is that something that's come up at all in, in press conferences, or do you sense there's still needs on the roster? I don't, but I think if they lose guys, I think if they lose guys they'll look to, to replace them. I mean, um, you know, I don't – you know, it's like what you always heard – being a reporter, you always heard that every AD had a list of five names in his pocket that he would be ready to call if if his football job opened or his basketball job opened. Um, you know, I I think that I think that they would get in there and pursue it. I mean, what did Max say yesterday? He said that um, people in the portal have been calling us, and I'm sure some of our guys have been contacted by people that are looking. Um, so you know, the free agency never stops, and. Um, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't think that they would tip their hand that way. Uh, and we haven't heard anything behind the scenes about them, you know, trying to add anybody else. But I, I certainly think if they lost someone or a couple someones, they would actively be possibly ready to roll with that. And just to add to what Tommy happened to mention about Tez Walker, I always think that, um, you know, like I said, 
we try to listen closely to these guys. And I always think that when Max says something like, you know, people say they couldn't catch. Um, I think that was a concern for Mac. Uh, you know, the one practice that we were out there early, Tommy, what was it, the second or third day, you know, I made sure I cozied up beside Mac for a little bit. And I'll be quite honest with you. He had mentioned that to me uh, privately. Maybe I shouldn't broadcast that. Like, you know, we got him, you know, his hands, we need to make sure his hands are there. And this was after he had had one go through his hands. Um, mm-hmm. and I said, I didn't know who was yet. I said, nine's got to catch that. And nine was Tez Walker. Um, so I think that's a, a little bit of concern that there are a lot of other positives with him that, that he's going to be a stud. But, um, but anyway, yeah, I think that, you know, I think that if, if somebody, if somebody goes or a couple of somebody's go, they'll, they'll look to replace them. Yeah. You are always shopping, right? Even when you have everything you want, you always looking when you go by the store and, and it's the same way in the transfer portal. Um, you know, is North Carolina a big, huge destination, you know, or, um, you know, can they compete with Alabama and all those big schools, especially from a money standpoint now? Um, you know, Max says they're going to do it the right way and you can't offer inducements for players to come. But it, we know that that certainly goes on in college football. Um, but you're always looking. And if somebody steps out, you're always looking. But if if you see a guy that can help your team, then guys that are currently on the team got to step up, you know, and that's, that was one of my favorite things that he said about Lampkin. He said, he may not start, but he's going to make somebody have to get better to start. And that's what it's all about with him. So I think the portal is a win for Carolina. Somebody mentioned the coaches, like, have we seen a difference in the coaching? You know, I, I think on the offensive line and Adam, you mentioned it before on the show and we saw the, the contraptions that, <laughs> Clements uses I mean I, I would just feel like I'd be over there wrapped up you know couldn't get off the ground with them but to make sure their hands are in exact same position we've heard Jason Staples hammer Carolina's fundamentals mm-hmm. over the past two or three years um, but to make sure those guys hands are in the correct place their feet are in the correct place they're stepping correctly and all and Clements has obviously been just pounding that into them and does it with Things that keep their hands in the same place. You know, it kind of reminds me of the, you know, the the training wheels on a bicycle. You you can't fall over. You can't get out of position because your feet are locked where they're supposed to be. So um, we've seen that. And I think Jason Jones in the secondary and those guys, um, everybody still mentions Tim Cross. Um, and, and, yes, I get Tim, the Tim Cross factor, but there's not a better teacher than Mona Kino you know, on defensive line across the country. And, and so that is, that's got to make a difference by osmosis, <laughs> you know? If, and so we'll see. About, what do you think about that aspect of it, Adam? The, the sort of the, the coaching staff getting in line and, and, and I'll add this part of the question and I've said it all spring. I think there's more of a sense of urgency of they got to get it done this year because this is the window. Yeah, and I think that starts at the top. And and as you were talking about Randy Clements with his um, his gadgets, uh, God, I mean, I, I I wanted to make maybe a carrot top comparison and also maybe a Mr. Miyagi type comparison. But if he ever heard those, I would be scared he might, you know, destroy me. I mean, the man is oozing intensity, you know. He even just walk the way he walks, he kind of just ambles around. Uh 
I would not want to mess. I would not want to get on Randy Clements' bad side. So I should probably shut up running my stupid mouth. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's fascinating to watch. As as uninteresting as offensive line practice can be, it's fascinating to watch them get out there with those foam things that he's got and have their legs hooked together with the the chain things. I mean, um, it's fa- it's it's kind of fascinating to watch. And the the use of the I don't even know what you would call it. I think Ross and I were calling them hurdles to make sure they stay low. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's almost like making sure you didn't get caught in like a metal close clothesline or something. If but, only you could yeah. put those things on the field during the actual games, right? And then <laughs> everyone would have perfect technique. I did I mean, want to make amazing obstacle course to try to get <laughs> <do> it. <laughs> uh, exactly. Yeah, like I mean. I, it's, I th- I've said it before. I think it's just sort of a crazy thing to be, and it could be different once the game starts. To you know, it's sort of a crazy way to feel about like UNC's DBs when they've lost Tony Grimes and Stone, Storm Duck. You know, I, f- I feel pretty good about that area um, with all these new guys that we're not sure. You know, we're not sure how they'll look in a Carolina uniform, but I think I, I, I think the development there and the coaching there and how they perform will be something to watch. I think if you listen to Gene Chizik, he has said it, you know, he's, he's talked about, we need guys making more plays and um, that's the mantra. And yeah, I think that uh, I think there is more urgency. I think you can feel it, or at least that's the way it feels to me. Why yeah. And so, somebody, let me, let me shout out to Brian Evans for his question. He says, are the DL guys doing better than the drills and seeing in that video that was posted? I mean, Jason Staples will certainly comment on this more than Adam or I can, but I can tell you this, you don't break bad habits overnight or even in two or three spring practices. So that is a work in progress. Uh, But like I said, when you've got a guy like Monacino there overlooking it, coaching it from however they want to do it with the rules that they have, um, it is a uh, it is a work in progress, and, and I feel like I'm gonna give the coaches, specifically him, the benefit of the doubt, and give him time to get that stuff instilled in these guys. Um, one thing you can see from players, one thing they can control um, away from practice is their weight and their being in shape. And we've talked about Travis Shaw. I mean, Ross loves Travis Shaw, <laughs> Worley from Grimsley and all that stuff. But Travis Shaw comes in looking good. I mean, you could you could sit by and get fat and happy and then wait till spring practice to get in shape. He didn't do that. You know, a couple guys that entered a transfer portal um, that are at other schools could never get their bodies in shape and, and could never be effective in that way. And Shaw's done that. Uh, you know, Mac mentioned KBJ. He's done that. So you, you've got guys that are doing the right things and then the rest is being coached into them, and it takes some time. We'll see what it what happens. You know, they could go out against South Carolina, get blown out of the water. Um, we'll see what happens. But you know, I, I think for for me, as far as the new coaches and the new GAs and all that, and the new advisors and the analysts, I'm going to give those guys with the multitudes and and a ton of experience the benefit of the doubt before I start judging what the defensive line looks like based on a video from at some point early in the spring. George One. Jenkins, I see you down there, buddy. <laughs> I pull up the pull up the practice scoops. I got every description for you you'll ever need. I don't know what to call it. There was, you know, you guys read it. You know, he had their 
It looked like a chain wrapped in a damn pool noodle to me between yeah, there your was legs. A pool noodle, there was a foam <laughs> roller. He had Clements. One of the practices we were at had their had their feet chained together. It looked like yep. they're on a chain gang. I mean, uh, <laughs> it, was, it was it cracked me up. But yes, <laughs> chain thing is right accurate, here, buddy. <laughs> one uh, one final football point since we've been pretty positive tonight. I do think they are going to miss Josh Downs. Oh, man. You look at how he's been received in the NFL draft process and just how well he's done. Everyone is, is raving about him. And just thinking back to last season, how many times he bailed out Drake May and the North Carolina offense, and especially in the red zone. That's like my one, uh, you know, Thing to keep an eye on for next season. Might be why I'm not on the 12 and 0 chain. I want to see how that uh, plays out first. It's a great point. I mean, he won. You know, as bad as UVA was last year, I think he won the UVA game for him. I mean, it got to a point where Drake just was throwing the ball to him. Heck, they put him back there to return a punt. He almost returned a punt, but he was, you know, for a TD. But he said he was too tired. He told us after the game, he was like, "Yeah, I was, I was gassed. The punter got me." Yeah, I mean, the Wake Forest game, the plays he made against Wake Forest. I mean, yeah. Duke game too. He was making every catch in that game that they he made, made the fourth down catch that kept it going. And Tommy, you're right. The Wake Forest game, he what he got a full body cramp in the end zone after one of those three touchdown catches. I mean, the man was full. His entire body was cramping. And Drake said he made a point to go over there and sort of make fun of him, but he didn't realize that he was fully cramping. You know, he, said he <laughs> called him a starfish or something, uh, and yeah, didn't they, realize uh, he was in a lot of pain and and shut up. And he continued to make the plays to to get that game won. I mean, I think they miss him. Yeah, the hundred percent. You're going to miss a guy like that. He's a he, he for Carolina. He's a generational receiver. Um, but I think they can replace it with a guy like McCullum. Pacefor was good. I mean, people forget lost in the App State debacle on the defensive side is how those guys played offensively. You know, how May played, obviously, everybody talks about. But Kobe Pacer, what, he have eight catches? Yeah, they didn't even have Josh Downs or Antoine Green that day. Yeah, <laughs> and and they scored 63 points. So, think about that when when you sort of look at what they're losing. And then in Georgia State, they didn't have either one of those guys either, and it was a little different. But I, I think Downs was great, yes. Nate McCollum brings similar traits. He's not Josh Downs, but I think he can be a different type um, – guy that can make some plays that maybe Josh didn't. And Jason Staples talked about the yards after the catch and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Do Is it time for a break? It is. It's time for Johnny T-shirt read. This shirt's an old school Johnny T-shirt shirt. It says, I see on the front and on the back says, do you, Johnny <laughs> T-shirt and Johnny T-shirt.com. Uh, check them out on Franklin Street. Look, Great story on Sutton's on Inside Carolina's website by Zachary Reed. Fabulous read. If, if you're anything about Chapel Hill, there's a couple establishments that you always have to go to. Sutton's is one of them. Johnny T-Shirt across the street is another. And Johnny T-Shirt is a sponsor of Inside Carolina and friends of Inside Carolina premium subscribers. Check them out. Uh, get the 20, uh, excuse me, 10% off. Well, it's really usually 20 or 30% off because there's always sales. But get the 10% off you get from premium subscription. Um, go over there and then walk across the street and get you a BLT or get you a burger or a grilled cheese from Sutton's and an orange aid with your bag of Johnny T-shirt swag at your side. Take a short break. Let national guys pay the bills. It's on the beat live. It's Wednesday night. There is no off season. It's April 12th. We'll be right back.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner the first. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-bet. Do averaging 29 and 11. God, shit. What'd it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Forward, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing. All right, April 12th. Just a few reminders. One, check out the Scoop podcast. It's now Wednesdays at noon every day with Don Callahan and myself. Check out everything Adam Smith does as Inside Carolina beat writer. Um, the descriptions that are sometimes flowery in person are exquisite in print. They are on the Inside Carolina message boards and on the website. And also, and we don't do Blue Shark anymore, so uh, we're, we're working on that, John Grisham. We need to work on that, don't we? That's, yeah, we, that, that's another work in progress. Another work in progress. I'm going to not break a little news, but probably share some little news that some people may have heard. Carolina is working on new lighting systems in Keenan Stadium and in the Smith Center. Um, a lot of folks were chirped up about how NC State and South Carolina and Tennessee and all these – stadiums had all these fancy new lighting systems led they could go color and and i'll freely admit the tennessee one and then the georgia one um, were unbelievable shows but carolina's getting those light shows in the smith center and in Kenan stadium supposed to be ready for this year they will uh upgrade now sound system hadn't heard much about the sound system but i know the lights are coming so we'll we'll be digging into that more and getting some stories out on that ahead of the official word but yes Keenan Stadium is getting brought closer to the 21st 22nd century with the lights a little scoop the there stuff. Tommy I like a little it. scoop there little scoop there hat tip to the folks that knew about it and uh but yeah so it should, it should be pretty cool I think uh I think when you see some Carolina blue LED lights flashing and touchdowns and all that oh, stuff yeah. Keenan Stadium can it's a beautiful stadium um but it needs some work with things like that, and that's another step in the process. And then the Smith Center, everybody knows how the Smith Center works. I'll anyway, let's you, saying, I'll tell you what I want to say. Exactly what I was about to say. That Notre Dame, you were at Notre Dame a couple years ago, right, Tommy? Don't yep. they have the same thing going? That was uh, ridiculous. Pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, uh, I need to post a video. We were in the end zone down there. I, I need to post a video of that, and I'm sure people have seen it. But that was nuts. Yeah, you and know. they play what the what was the they play the song from The Departed. I think. I mean, they That's get like the, whole the Irish, Irish flavor cranked the heck up. Um, it was awesome. And then another one, and I know people don't like to hear um, about Tennessee, but have you seen the one? I guess it was before the Alabama game or before one of their night games, where the lights go off and they the lady sings Rocky Top or says something about Rocky Top, and the lights flash. Dean Dome and the Smith Center and Kenan Stadium going to be just like that, folks. So get in the stands. I think the deadline to renew your season tickets is actually Saturday as well um, in Kenan Stadium. So a I lot of PSAs to, on here. 
I do want the scoop, if this is an open call for anybody around UNC Athletics, is the Chelsea Football Club coming to play a game in Keenan Stadium this summer? Have you guys heard about this at all? I thought they. I thought that was announced. I thought it was, it was a... a rumor. It hasn't been announced yet, but it would be announced, I think, in like the next few weeks or so. So, Tommy, work your sources on that for me. I, I'm very interested in that because that would be pretty cool. I, I don't think that's ever happened before, a Premier League team playing in Keenan Stadium this summer. So we'll see if that happens. Well, Get you on the sidelines for some video, Johnny. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big soccer guy, so I'll be there. I would, would, the question is, would you be fanboying down there? No, no, no. I would only be there to make a YouTube <laughs> short to grow the YouTube subscribers of this <laughs> wonderful company. No, no fan. You know, this is on the beat live. We're professionals here. <laughs> hey, it's soccer, man. It's different. Uh, so any, any basketball questions, I'll flat out tell folks, I don't know anything about basketball recruiting. I, I know what I've heard, um, but Sherelle McMillan, Joey Powell, and Sean Moran nail that stuff on, on coast to coast podcasts. And, if you're an Inside Carolina Premium subscriber, Sherelle's been all over it. I will say what I've heard the most is patience. Patience is a virtue when talking about roster management and roster building for North Carolina basketball. Adam, what do you what do you think about this basketball deal? What do you what do you think about everybody leaving? You've covered this team for a long time. It's gonna be Carolina next year is going to be similar to like Duke has been and other teams has been. It's like, who's that guy? Well, I mean, I was going to say yesterday we, they they added a, (laughs) there's a new guy on the roster now, Jalen Withers, um, which I don't know. I mean, yesterday morning seems like a long time ago, but um, you know, I don't know if John, John is some, some know and some don't know. John is a a good basketball player. Um, Some of us used to be back in the day, but aren't anymore. Um, but I don't that, know John, that John, this John right here, that he's, uh, are you a point guard or a shooting guard? You run all guard? day. Um, I can do it that, all. You're that guy. So what do you think <laughs> about his fit, John? Do you, do you see a fit? You know, there's, I mean, he's, he's in that hybrid forward, the big forward role where, um, you know, he could probably swing between the four and the three. Uh, what, what do you think about Jalen Withers fit? Do you have any sense on that? Yeah, it is interesting. I think just like all of us, I, popped in the Jalen Withers highlights this week as I started to see that was coming. And first thing that stands out when you put in the Louisville tape, every single game, different clip, it's like opponent 45, Louisville 20. It's like, man, this was a bad basketball team. But I think you really have to think about this Jalen Withers uh, guy as a really, he's playing a specific role for this team. He's not going to be asked to replace Caleb Love's shots or to sort of play a really outsized role within the offense. He's coming in to play a very specific role. And I think the analog to his uh, move in in the NBA, I don't know if there's a lot of NBA diehards here, but uh, Jalen or Jaden McDaniels, I forget which of the two it is, but he was on the Charlotte Hornets. He was traded midseason to the 76ers. Obviously, the Charlotte Hornets are not a great basketball team, but he was traded to a winning program with the 76ers, and he's playing the same role, but he's getting higher quality shots just by function of playing with better players around him. So I think that's sort of the best case scenario for Jalen Withers. He's going to get better looks playing next to R.J. Davis and Armando Baycott. I think he's a good fit. To me, he's not the piece. Like I think there's still a piece out there that UNC still needs to get, 
but he is a piece, and I think UNC did a good job identifying him and going out and getting him. Jaden Daniels is the dude who just broke his hand for the Timberwolves. Yeah. You know, so it would be Jalen. I'm pretty sure it's Jalen. Um, I think it's Jalen. I think he played at San Diego State, but I could – somebody might want to fact check me on that. But I know that Jaden McDaniels is the one who got in a fight with the wall a couple of days ago when Rudy Gobert punched Kyle Anderson. Um, so, but, yeah, like, you know – I. I know. I, I see some people saying that they still need some starters. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I do think I do think he fits. I do think it's I, th- I think it's important. Tommy and I were talking about this yesterday. I think it's important to try to keep in mind that if things fall into place, like I think the Tar Heels want them to fall in place with this roster, you know, you're you're counting on Armando Baycott to score 18 points and grab 12 rebounds a game. You're counting on R.J. Davis to score 16 points and dish out five assists a game and to hopefully make 38 to 40% of his threes. I would think you're counting on Jalen Withers. You know, if you can get 10 to 12 points out of him, I think that would be huge, a game, I'm saying. If you got 10 points and six rebounds, I think you would count it as a win. Um, you know, I don't think, you know, you're you're not bringing him in – Obviously, to be Brady Manic or anyone else like that, uh, you know, and I, I think that, you know, that, that Carolina has said what they want to get more athletic. That's a priority. I think he is an, an upgrade uh, athletically. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I do think that's a different way of thinking about the transfer portal, kind of building on your point there, Adam. Like maybe the best way to think about this is more of a trade like you would see in a professional sports league. So asking both of you, Tommy and Adam, how would you perceive a hypothetical trade? You're trading Puff Johnson for Jalen Withers. Who do you think is winning that trade? I pulled up some of their stats as well, so you can have this as a data point. Last season, Jalen Withers shot 41.7% from three. He had a 93.6% offensive rating and around a 20% percentage of possessions used compared to Puff Johnson, who shot 28% from three last season, but he had a higher offensive rating of 110 at a lower usage rate. So if you think about it from that perspective, it's a trade. Do you right. think UNC wins or loses that trade? Tommy, well, how, how, many, how many yeah. games did Jalen Withers play? Let's see. Last season, Jalen Withers 32, played 32 games. He played 62% of his team's minutes, whereas Puff Johnson played 27 games, and he played – 32 percentage of, uh, of his team's minutes. Availability, right? They seem pretty similar to me based off those numbers. I think Withers is um, – they're different, but they're similar to – I think Withers is more athletic than Puff. One thing I did like about Puff, and this is something that I, I think I've said before, when he was out there, there was no question that he was playing hard. Now, he might make <laughs> some silly mistakes, but – he was going 100, 100 miles an hour the whole time. Um, has Withers picked up any bad habits from Louisville? I think right. Sorrell and Sean talked about that. They were 4-28 and 28 or whatever it was. No. Anything other than that, that. That is terrible. The fact that they showed up in February says a lot to me eh, about Kenny Payne and the players because I'd be on the bus to the house – if my team was what were they? they were probably two and twenty, two and twenty at the time. So he he said it in in 
his interview with Sherelle and they mentioned that he's seen all the adversity and now he understands what the bottom is. And so he's coming to Carolina to prove a point and fit matters, but also a positive environment matters. There's no way. And Adam, you can speak to this. There's no way that a four and 28 team had a very positive environment. I, I don't, I just don't, I don't see how that's possible in this day and age. Um, but the fact that they never quit um, and they had a couple of decent players, um, but, but I, for that trade, to your question, to your, your point, John, I'm taking Withers in that trade because I think he's tougher, he's more physical, and he's available consistently. What do you I think, think, Adam? He, I think he's a better player. I mean, and I, I mean, I don't think Puff's a bad player, and I'll always remember some of those Puff moments, you know, including him puking on the floor at the Final Four right in front of me and Greg Barnes. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think Withers is a better player, and – uh, I was thinking, how many Danny Manning jokes do you guys want me to get off? Uh, because he's <laughs> Danny, Danny is the top assistant at Louisville under Kenny Payne. It's Kenny Payne, Danny, and Nolan Smith. Um, what a so group. I could rip off some getting him away from Danny Manning jokes, uh, if you want me to, but no, um, you know, yeah, and I think, I think it's important to remember about Withers, and we'll see how this plays out with Carolina. But, you know, L. Ellis was a really ball-dominant guard. He played with some, some guards who were ball-dominant and went and got their numbers, too. Um, and I think that, you know, you can look at it a whole bunch of different ways. I think that's something to keep in mind with the counting stats is that, you know, L. Ellis got his shots, you know. and um, but, but he he proved himself this past year to be pretty good on those catch and shoot. I think his catch and shoot – numbers are good his corner threes you know he if if this thing plays out the way that hubert davis and jeff lebo and these guys have built this offense he is going to have when he is on the court open shots from the corner and open shots from the wing and it's gonna be i hate to oversimplify it can he knock them down and i saw some people making the comments there yeah i think he needs to i think his defensive rebounding numbers are pretty good um, he was non-existent on the offensive boards. Um, yeah. yeah, and, like, I don't know what that's a function of because uh, I Louisville sure did miss a whole lot of shots, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, his defensive numbers, defensive rebound numbers are good. Offensive rebound numbers non-existent. So, you know, I think in some ways you wipe the slate clean with him. Um, but yeah, I think I would, I think if, if we were picking teams, I, I would, I would think I would pick Withers ahead of Puff Johnson and probably ahead of Dontrez Styles too. Yeah, I agree with all of that. And of course there'll be plenty, you know, Harrison Ingram's a big topic on, yeah. on inside, especially on the message boards and Sherelle's been all over that. But I mean, some people, when Harrison Ingram emerges a tar target, people said he wasn't any good. And right. you got, you got the big schools wanting him. I mean, it, it is tough to to sort of go one-to-one -one based on what somebody did in this system at this school versus what they'll do here. You can pick and choose. And that's why Sherelle and Sean were so good with Joey um, yesterday, breaking it down. And if folks don't want to watch it, they can read it on the site too, is that there are things that, that you can take one-to-one, -one, but production is not really – one of those things um, be all end all. So I, I think it's an upgrade. Uh, we'll see how it plays out, but it's like everybody else says, it's a process. 
And if the starting lineup is Baycott, R.J. Davis, uh, Paxson Wojcik, um, and Jalen Withers, and one other, then Carolina's in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So I don't care how good the guy is, but you know it, it'd be a, a situation where um, it's going to play out. That I don't want to go back here because I said my piece on the NIT, but that's why I didn't like the, the decision to not play in the NIT and everybody said, well, they got to get the jump and the start. Has there any been any definitive proof that they got any sort of benefit from not playing in the NIT other than guys leaving? I, I mean, I, I just don't know if that was a thing because we're going to be talking about this in June. We're going to be talking about final pieces of the roster in June and here it is April 12th. It's just going to be that way. Anyway, I've talked too much. Go ahead, John, save us. I do think Jalen Withers too will be eager and desperate to play winning basketball. I think he's had his fair share of losing basketball and, you know, I think he'll be ready to come into this program and, and sacrifice. So I think that does matter as well. I, um, you know, we haven't had the opportunity to, to interview him yet. Obviously, he's, he's just committed to UNC. But I think that'll be something that I'll be really interested in listening to uh, over the summer. Because I know that was one of the big things that Pete Nance would talk about. Uh, he fit in really quickly uh, with the core last year. He provided some leadership, even though he was a transfer. So I'll be curious to see if Jalen can do, uh, at a bare minimum, fit in and try to play winning basketball with this UNC team and maybe even, you know, be a little bit of a, a leader there. Um, I, I did want to make one more point too. I think Harrison Ingram is the missing piece for me. I have talked about this in the past. I've talked about this in the past with the EvanMaya.com transfer portal ratings. So for context, Harrison Ingram is the number two player in the transfer portal ranking. So I think, I according talk- to Evan Maya, though, right? Yes, according, to, according to his. And there's plenty of rankings out there. I like his his rankings. Um, there are a lot of, you know, there are, there are a lot of things that happened last season with the UNT basketball roster. You know, you lost a big piece with, with Caleb Love. I think replacing him with Harrison Ingram would be a big get, and I think that would make me a lot more optimistic uh, about next season. Interesting. For the, a couple things to clear the record, Sherelle talked to Withers. It's on the site. Come on, Johnny. It's on the message boards. It, it's on there. You can. Uh, it, and I, he does I wanted that. it to be a video that Adam took because Adam, you're so good at those those videos. Oh my gosh! I didn't screw it up yesterday with the uh, the uh, the rating. I, I I really appreciate the advice you gave me on that too. I had picked Tommy had made it a child. The last one of the videos I took, I made it rated for children, and I screwed. Oh, it. on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it I, says I made that. for kids. It's for like two years old, two year old, three year old. Yeah, it's like yeah. a Blues Clues and stuff. Yeah. yeah, I was like, of course it's ready. For, it's of course it's for kids. You know, anyway. <laughs> there's no bad words yeah. in there. Right. It's not Nobody's on the beat. But yeah, there is. It, he did say a lot of the same things that you you mentioned. You wanted to hear from him. Um, so I, I do think he's got it. He's in the right mindset coming into it. But anyway, any more questions from the chat? Because I'm not going to lie to you, brothers. I am exhausted from well, the last Well, we broke a little news today. Well, one of the three of us here broke a little news today about Jackie Manuel. I don't know if anybody saw that. Um, yeah, how does I, that affect I, things, I wonder? Huh? How does that affect Carolina's? Right. That's. I was going to say, I don't know if it, what you guys, Tommy and John, what you guys think about that. I, I saw uh, what did, 
yeah, the question you put up there, John, about who could replace him. I know that a lot of people are saying maybe Joel Berry, maybe Marcus Page. Um, you know, someone I saw someone mention Rasheed Wallace, which it sounds amazing. I love that I think <laughs> Rasheed had something lined up. Uh, I can tell you this from my former life in the newspaper business because we were in the same uh chain with with the newspaper in memphis rashid had something lined up where he was going to join penny hardaway and larry brown on the memphis staff where rashid was on the memphis staff yeah. maybe for a cup of coffee and then he they told him to he was going to have to leave i believe something like that it <laughs> sort of like flamed out really quickly but um i'm not sure where uh hubert's going to go with this one um on jackie but i will give you this i will throw you this one out and this is i have no intel on this but this could be somebody people are overlooking is nate Britt, um and i say that because in my harrison ingram research i realized nate Britt is in the same role at stanford he's director of player development i think he's in his second or third year there on jared hass's staff and i just happened to run across that when i was reading up on harrison ingram the other day i was like hmm um so who knows you know he's done the job that jackie has been doing and maybe he could be someone because I, I would think for sure hubert's going to try to stay within the uh branches of the carolina family but um i don't that know what be. you guys think about the the jackie the jackie situation yeah good for him i mean he wants to yeah. coach and the way the ncaa rules are it's just ridiculous um so to be able to go to american and I don't know much about Americans program. Obviously, I've heard of them, but he gets an opportunity to coach basketball and get back on the court with players. And that's what most of these guys want to do, right? They if they can't play anymore, or they they couldn't fulfill their careers on on the court playing. Then coaching's the next best part of it. And um, so good for him. I, I, Hubert Davis has made it pretty clear, and this will be interesting to watch over however many years Hubert is the coach. Does it remain Carolina strictly guys in every position? Because right now that's what it is, right? Does that I, uh, the whole water? I like the Nate Britt thing though, because I always thought Nate Britt was pretty cool dude. Just and he was that out there. Yeah, he was. He was all from a from a reporter's perspective. He was always great to talk. I know Nate wasn't scoring twenty five points a game, but he was a great guy just to talk to. He had always had a good sense of what was going on. He could. Uh, he could fill up the notebook. He'd tell you a few jokes. He also always had some good Luke May jokes uh, back in the day. But uh, go ahead, go ahead, John, get in there. My take is is more of a humorous one. You have the football coaches, and their positions are so clearly lined out. So if you think the defensive line is playing bad, you say you know they should fire Tim Cross. Basketball, you have these six coaches, six assistant coaches. If there was one of the coaches whose title was director of three point shooting. You know, every single fan would be like fire ex coach, whoever's in charge, but it's a little bit more combined in basketball and therefore Jackie Manuel leaves and he hasn't you know, received any of the blame. You could make an argument that the assistant coaches deserve just as much of the blame for last season as Hubert Davis and all of the you know, criticism that Hubert Davis got. But it's just funny because they're not named specific things. Fans don't have a place to point their anger. So that's my only take there. Well, I mean, I think it's interesting. That immediately takes me to – I'll never forget one of the old school co coaches at Williams High School in Burlington that I used to cover way back in the day. If they missed a couple – if his team, Williams High School, the Bulldogs, if they screwed up a couple free throws, he always made it a point afterward to say, you know, 
I guess we're going to have to fire the free free throw coach after this one. Like that was – he <laughs> wanted to get that off anytime he could. You know, if they if they missed a few, you knew that was coming. I guess we're going to have to fire the free throw coach, huh? That is a – you nailed that guy. I, I, I can just see this guy He's doing it. You know – Tommy Cole. You know what's uh, funny to me, though – well, not funny, but – Two of the best free three-point shooters ever in Carolina history on that staff. Without a doubt. <laughs> Makes no sense. I mean, Silly like season the guys in, in terms of percentage, I believe, are Hubert Davis and Jeff Lebo, I think. Marcus Page is up there, too. But I mean, um, It's just – it is uh, – yeah. The, you, you can't make it up. And if we tried to, we could not make it up as interesting as it's been. Uh, but, but I think, um, to your point, John, about – blaming folks i mean guthridge uh, you know not guthridge uh maryland coach Dang, gary, williams? gary williams would turn around and just go nuts on oh, yeah, his assistant coaches <laughs> yeah so anyway boys i think it's about time for us to get out of here we have gone an hour and shout out to the 150 160 170 plus folks in here it's always fun to talk carolina sports on the beat it's always a pleasure adam always much needed john bowman keeping the ship afloat before we get uh, out of here should i say my sutton's order oh yeah hold on a second yeah yeah yeah. shout out we'll do our Sutton order shout out to jeremiah holloway who will start with us next week he will be uh, a breath of fresh air on this show full of old guys and john yeah you guys pop in here next week and and show jeremiah some love let him know let him know what he's getting into In a good way. In a good way. <laughs> Sutton's order. I'm rolling in. First thing I'm ordering is orange aid. What are you getting, John? I'll tell you. I walk in. I take one look at the menu. I order four quesadillas. No, I'm just kidding. They have a great two hot dog special. They have a great two hot dog special during lunch. That's what I always get. That's it? No fries? Well, yeah, you know, fries and you know the whole the works. But I, I wanted to highlight that Sutton's. A great place, great Franklin Street institution. Yeah, folks got to go. What do you get, Adam? Do you go in there a lot? Yeah, I love the cheeseburgers and the hot dogs. I mean, I know it sounds very simple, but um, I can remember obviously going when <laughs> in the dark ages when I was a student. Um, you know, you know, if you had classes up near the old part of campus, like I remember me and a buddy of mine, uh, Jeremy, would roll over there and you know. I, I, I've always just liked the, the cheeseburgers and hot dogs. I need to get back in there and, I guess, sample the quesadillas that John is talking about. Mm, that's a play that, on his uh, cookout yeah, order. Yeah. I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to get in trouble <laughs> from Sutton's for that. I would love to go into Sutton's and uh, fuel up with the most greasy thing I could find on there and then step across, uh, step next door or down the way to a barrel of fun and whip some people's rear ends and track and field and all that stuff. Pete Chilcutt took a loss in track and field 100 uh, back in the day, and I reminded him of that in ACC Championship football game this past year. Um, A blast, man. Is there video from that, Tommy? uh, We didn't have cell phones back then, thank God. Camcorder video? One of the quotes – let me read you all a quote, and this is how important it is for folks to go check out uh, Sutton's and take care of them and all, and I can't find it, of course. But basically – they said if Sutton's goes, Franklin Street's done. And I think that's accurate for everybody that loves Carolina and loves the Franklin Street nostalgia. There's not a whole lot there that was there, especially not when I was there in 89 to 93. Sutton's is one of those places. And Johnny T-shirt is one of those places. 
take care of both of them and buy all the good stuff from Johnny T-Shirt. Adam Smith, John Bowman, I'm Tommy Ashley. It's been On The Beat Live, another edition of April 12th. There's no off-season, so we'll be back next week. Stay tuned to InsideCarolina, InsideCarolina.com for all the breaking news, everything Carolina. We'll see you soon.